Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. waiting for the Rittenhouse verdict, right? Uh, wow. Longer than it should be, don't you think? I'm going to get to the Rittenhouse matter in a moment. So many myths, so many lies about that case. I'm not going to spend too much time on Joe. He gave a ridiculous speech. He was trying to be inspiring, but he came off as angry once again. I don't think he's reading the bad news that's everywhere about him. Uh, one interesting thing did happen. See those trucks behind him? He took one of them for a drive. It's an electric uh, pickup truck. Did this up in Michigan and suspend his driver's license right now, please. Okay, yes, that is Joe at the uh, at the wheel. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, they took him to the back of, it looks like a grocery store and let him drive around and it gets worse here. He almost hits the wall. It looks like he's going to crash. Now I'm told the passenger has a brake too. Watch. He should not have come that close to the wall. He should not have come that close to the wall. Anyway, Joe's doing his thing. We all know it's pathetic. We'll have more on him a little bit later in the show. In the meantime, the Rittenhouse case. Um, here's one of the many lies about this case. I've heard it many times. There he is, right after he defended himself. He's got his hands up and he's got his weapon. He's got his weapon. Well, so many people believe erroneously that it's illegal to have a weapon in Wisconsin. It's not. It's an open carry state. Uh, and so many said, oh, if he looked different, this would have ended badly for him. We live in the real world. We see what's happening. Imagine, though, if it was reversed, right? If it was a black kid with a gun. Race is um, an undertone in this, uh, this trial. The consideration if Kyle Rittenhouse were a black 17-year-old running around with an AR-15, hell, a, a, a pellet gun. Yeah, they're just revealing their bias and their ignorance from wherever CNN is coming from these days, Atlanta, New York. Who cares? Because that night in Kenosha, police were under siege, okay? There were all kinds of people running around with rifles. They were in total defensive posture. They weren't policing in the traditional sense. They couldn't. I mean, they were surrounded. People were going right up to armored vehicles. And there were guy, all kinds of people with big rifles. By the way, it is an open carry state uh, again. So back to Kyle Rittenhouse himself. When he said this, he was right. People are getting injured and our job is to protect this business. And part of my job is to also help people. If there's somebody hurt, I'm running into harm's way. That's why I have my rifle because I can protect myself, obviously. But I also have my med kit. He's right. Businesses were being 
destroyed left and right. Uh, I think he was protecting a car, uh, a dealership of some kind. Look at this, destroying cars, looting businesses. I mean, it was total chaos. And you know what? Some of us aren't going to let that happen, right? You can do this in America. You can protect your property or the property of your friends. You are still allowed. Oh, by the way, um, Kyle Rittenhouse was treated so unfairly, I believe, because he was white, is white. You may remember the uh, Timothy Simpkins case. Maybe not. A couple of weeks ago in Arlington, Texas, there was a mass shooting at a school. Simpkins is the suspect, and he was freed within 24 hours. He allegedly shot four people, at least one critically, $75,000 and out in less than a day. $2 million bail for... uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, who we know shot people in self-defense. So the media, they love a fake news narrative, but that fake news narrative, it corrupts and it changes the way people behave. Jacob Blake, the 29-year-old black man who was shot seven times by a white officer in front of two of his children, leaving him partially paralyzed. I didn't want to be the next George Floyd. I didn't want to die. The next George Floyd. And you see that all the time. People say they don't want to be the next George Floyd. So resist arrest. It's one lesson the media could have uh, could have driven home. Don't resist arrest. And perhaps you have a greater chance of surviving any police altercation. But no, it's very much in fashion, in season to resist arrest. And that puts the people resisting at great risk and also the cops. It is bad, bad news. Hey, I'm not sure if we're going to have a verdict in the Rittenhouse case. You know that they had to turn over evidence to the jury that they did not see during the trial. In fact, the defense didn't even see. On the top, you've got drone footage. It's kind of grainy. On the bottom, it's much better quality, enhanced, almost uh, 4D. Well, uh, or HD, I should say. The prosecution apparently had this and did not turn it over to the defense. It could have made a difference. What do they call it? A mistrial with prejudice? I think that something like that could happen. We will see. We'll see. Meanwhile, i uh, got to go to Chicago now. The boss of McDonald's, the CEO, Mr. Kemzinski, is still apologizing for privately uttering the truth. You saw what he texted to the mayor after an unfortunate shooting of a child. Tragic shootings in the last week both at our restaurant yesterday and with Adam Toledo. With both, the parents failed those kids, which I know is something you can say, even harder to fix. You can't say, but it's right. Everybody knows that the parents have responsibility here. All these children being killed by other children, yeah, there's a big role for the parents. Anyway, he's right, I guess. You can't say that privately, or at least he can't, because they're trying to cancel him now, and he's got to apologize to everybody. When they found out about this, he's apologizing to McDonald's, outside McDonald's. I am still learning from this. I believe that starts with more listening and learning from people whose life experience are different from my own. Those comments were wrong, and I'm sorry. And there's more. I'm sorry I let you down. I let myself down. I have, through my background, a very narrow worldview. My comments to Mayor Lightfoot revealed that ignorance. That's uh, that's quite a word. And now he's got to make the, the rounds. He's meeting with pastors. He's apologizing to them. He's meeting with the families of people he never met before, apologizing to them. 
all for something he said in a private text message. Uh, my advice to the CEO of McDonald's, stop with the apologizing. It's not going to work. You should just own your comments and get back to work. Fix the McRib. Think about bringing onion rings to McDonald's. No joke. Because apologizing doesn't work, especially when you're not wrong. Now, Chris uh, Harrison, remember him? He was the host of The Bachelor on the right there. Uh, he is no longer there because he said something pretty harmless that touched on race. He defended a girl who went to a party, a Southern-themed cotillion like a million years ago. He said maybe she's not a racist. Anyway, he lost his job. They tried to cancel him. He tried the apology stuff, too. It doesn't work. I am an imperfect man. I made a mistake, and I own that. I am saddened and shocked at how insensitive I was in that interview with Rachel Lindsay. And I didn't speak from my heart. And that is to say, I stand against all forms of racism. And I am deeply sorry. I'm sorry to Rachel Lindsay. And I'm sorry to the black community. His, his apology is his apology, but it felt like I got nothing more than a surface response on any of this. Strahan, man, kicking the guy when he's down. Now, you shouldn't have uh, gone down like that, Harrison, but boy, oh boy, no mercy whatsoever from the mob. And Strahan was leading the mob in that moment. Uh, all right, one more thing to tell you about. Uh, you probably know about this, or maybe not, because the fake news is underplaying it, but those who are opposed to the vaccine mandates are winning. The federal vaccine mandate through OSHA has been at least temporarily stayed. We learned that from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, last week, but again, underplayed. Haven't heard too much about it. OSHA had to come out and say officially that, yeah, we can't execute this mandate anymore. Take a look on its website. OSHA says the following. OSHA has suspended activities related to the implementation and enforcement of the mandate pending the litigation. They can't do it right now, at least for now, and it looks like forever. We'll see. All right, stay with us. Why does a major American company, NBC Universal, keep promoting and paying Joy Reid, who has told the world now over and over again that she is a racist and a bigot? I think it's time we start believing her. We'll be right back. checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson. You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. All, All I can, can say is, is that, that the fake, fake news just doesn't get it, do they? And a star of the fake news right now, Joy Reid, is a total, I'm sorry, it's completely obvious she is a racist and a bigot. Every night it comes through loud and clear. And then she even gets more offensive on social media. Yikes. This is uh, something she posted last night after her show. And uh, it is, uh, it's just ugly. So it's Kyle Rittenhouse trial. It reminded a lot of people of something, something, I just can't remember what it was. Oh. The Brett Kavanaugh hearings, in which Brett Kavanaugh, who had been accused by a high school friend of committing 
sexual abuse of her, cried his way through the hearings to make him a permanent member and associate justice of the United States Supreme Court. All right, the really racist, ugly stuff is coming. But first, right there, a couple of mistakes. Number one, uh, they were never friends in high school, uh, Kavanaugh and Blasey Ford. And also, did he cry through the hearings? He got emotionally choked up twice when he talked about his daughter and he talked about his father. Under those conditions, we can understand that. But to say he cried through the hearings, that is a lie. Unfortunately, it gets a lot worse. And his tears turned out to be more powerful than the tears of Christine Blasey Ford, which were the tears of an alleged victim. Uh, real quick on Blasey Ford. Uh, she's talking about an event 40 years ago, and somehow she's still crying about it, even though she told investigators about it five times, maybe 10 times in the previous two days. Would she still be emotional about telling that story after all these years? I, uh, I have my doubts about her. I really do. All right, here it comes. In America, there's a thing about both white vigilantism and white tears, particularly male white tears. Really white tears in general, because that's what Karens are, right? They Karen out, and then as soon as they get caught, it's like, <laughs> green waterworks. Talking about white women, she's calling them Karens. It's a horrible thing to say. And I guess, is it true that women might cry a little bit more often than men? I, I guess so. But the way she's speaking about white women, Karens, it's racist, it's hateful, it's mean, it's wrong. White men can get away with that too. And it has the same effect. Even as the right tries to politicize the idea that masculinity is being robbed from American men by multiculturalism and wokeism. They still want to be able to have their tears. And nobody wants to cry in public, even Rittenhouse. I, I, I think Rittenhouse is fine. I don't think he did anything wrong, but uh, that wasn't a great moment for him. We don't want the tears. What is she talking about? No, by the way, masculinity being under attack. I think there's a case to be made for that, don't you? All right, so Joy Reid can say all this wild stuff and remain on television. Why? I believe she has corporate cover. Some executive is saying, go for it. Be as hateful and mean to white people as you want to be. And maybe her corporate cover is the CEO of NBC Universal. This guy, his name is uh, Cesar Conde. He took over about a year ago. And when he arrived, he made a grand pronouncement that... Uh, he really cared about what people looked like. I want to share with you the details of our 50% challenge initiative. We aspire to achieve two concrete goals, that 50% of our news organization employees be women and 50% of our total workforce be people of color. Um, how do you feel if you're a white male? <laughs> how do you feel if he just comes in and says that, huh? And by the way, look at the numbers. I mean, uh, maybe you're in the, I guess, white 57% of America. Well, I don't know if you're in the 7% over there at NBC Universal. Do you have a target on your back? What is the, what is going on over there? Something to think about. I would not watch that show, and I can't believe that NBC Universal allows it to continue. I'm not calling for a boycott, but I would never, ever watch. All right. Politicians, there's a reason why people don't like them. Uh, 
they're usually phony, with very few exceptions, like Donald Trump. Uh, do you remember this guy from the first Trump impeachment? President Trump launched an unprecedented campaign of obstruction of Congress. Were it not for courageous public servants doing their duty and honoring their oath to this country and coming forward and testifying, the president's scheme might still be concealed today. Russia interfered in the last election in order to help then-candidate Trump. President Trump's persistent and continuing effort to coerce a foreign country to help him cheat to win an election is a clear and present danger to our free and fair elections. So he's not a member of Congress. He was hired by Adam Schiff to be the lawyer for the impeachment committee. And um, now he wants to run for New York State Attorney General. And so far, he seems to be running the worst campaign uh, imaginable. I'm Dan Goldman, and I'm running for attorney general to fight for one standard of justice for all. All right. So I happen to know he's a multimillionaire and he's standing on a middle class street that he may have looked at when he was a kid, but he doesn't live there anymore. And he's also calling himself Dan, not Daniel. I'll get back to that in a moment. It's just phony. Uh, next. He's an extraordinary legal mind and a great public servant. Yeah. Adam Schiff is in the commercial giving him an endorsement. Uh, that's going to turn off a lot of people. We remember Ad Adam Schiff and we know what he did. What else did he do in this commercial? After impeachment, I helped draft the Protecting Our Democracy Act because there's no way to overstate the threats today to our democratic values and institutions. From the shocking wave of voting rights restrictions across the country to a Supreme Court that's on the verge of all but erasing Roe v. Wade. I'm a prosecutor, not a politician. <laughs> uh, he should be arrested right there for perjury. Can you get arrested for lying in a commercial? He has just been involved in some of the most partisan activity imaginable. And he stands there and he looks at us and says, I'm not a politician. I'm a more. I'll work tirelessly to deliver a justice system that's fair and neighborhoods that are safe for everyone who calls New York home. A political consultant who has uh, phony walk arounds and walk and talks with people he's never met before. People who know each other don't look at each other when they're walking down the sidewalk, right? It's so ridiculously phony. Uh, am I being tough on him? Maybe, but uh, I think he deserves it. No, oh, by the way, for the first time in his life, he's calling himself Dan when his name is Daniel, all right? Everybody knows his name is Daniel. He's been calling himself Daniel. Take a look. Is Everyone calls him Daniel. Joining me now, though, is Daniel Goldman. Also with me is Daniel Goldman. Joining us now is Daniel Goldman. Joining me now is Daniel Goldman. All right, Daniel. His name is Daniel until the first day of his campaign for attorney general. I'm Dan Goldman. Dan. He wants everybody to call him Dan. It's Dan Goldman. Dan, not Daniel. That's, his, that's the old guy. It's Dan. Yep. That's what he's calling himself now. Can you imagine if Donald Trump, when he announced his campaign for the presidency on June 16th of 2015, if he came out and said to relate to the people instead of Donald, I'm Don Trump and I am running for president. No, he wouldn't have done that because he's not a phony. He's not a phony. One more thing. I know I'm kind of beating this to death, but I don't like this guy going all the way back to the impeachment and. He's not going to be the attorney general because I'm sorry, sir, you're in the Democrat Party. You shot yourself in the foot. 
the attorneys general of New York, going way, way, way back, have been, I think 99.9% of them, let's take a look, have been white guys, right? All of them have been white. I don't have a problem with that, except for Letitia James, the most recent, but we haven't had an Asian, we haven't had a transgender, we haven't had a, you name it, we haven't had it. And uh, that makes you, Dan, uh, Daniel, whatever, uh, you're just not the flavor of, well, anything. Michael Reagan is the first black head of the Environmental Protection Agency. American Sunni Lee, the first Asian American woman to win the gold in this spot. The first Native American Secretary of the Interior, the first Native American cabinet official in American history. The first black woman elected Attorney General of California. The first black and Indian American woman elected from the Golden State as a United States Senator. And the first black woman on a major political ticket for Vice President. Michelle Wu has become the first woman, first Asian American, and first person of color to be elected mayor of Boston. The first black senior class president at her high school. The first black cheerleader at UC Berkeley. The first black member of Delta Gamma at the university. And then the first black female CEO in the NBA. Wow. And poor Dan Goldman, Daniel, whatever. He's just, uh, he's white and he's a man. And uh, look, I don't care. Your party does. And the media whose attention and worship you crave, they care a lot. I don't think he's going to be attorney general, but who knows? Coming up, the horns guy, Jacob Chansley, has been sentenced to 41 months in federal prison. He didn't break anything and he didn't hurt anybody. We're gonna to talk to his mother coming up. If you've had it with the old news and the same spent, well then Spicer and Company's your place for the inside story and for the facts that you need to know. Remember the Border Patrol heroes on horseback, the Border Patrol cowboys? They didn't do anything wrong in these pictures. We studied them. We looked at them. They're not whipping anybody. They're riding horses and protecting the border. Remember, everybody went crazy. Well, guess what? They're not in trouble. They're not in serious trouble. DHS watchdog declined to probe the so-called whipping claims against border agents because there's no case there. Let's go on to the actual Department of Homeland Security uh, site here. U.S. Customs and Border Protection initially referred the investigation to the Office of Inspector General. The OIG declined to investigate and referred the matter back to the Office of Professional Responsibility at the Border Patrol. This means they know there's no case. This means they're in a very, very tough spot. The political leadership, because of all that crazy and unfair stuff they said about these heroes. There will be consequences. It's an embarrassment, but it's beyond an embarrassment. It's dangerous. It's wrong. Human beings should not be treated that way. And as we all know, it also evoked images of some of the worst moments of our history, where that kind of behavior has been used against the indigenous people of our country, has been used against African Americans during times of slavery. That is unacceptable. That is not what our policies and our training require. Hey, did you notice Kamala laughed in the middle of that when she's saying it's like slavery? It's like what they did to the. Anyway, uh, they're all wrong, by the way. And the media, too. By the way, the entire culture, really, 
left-leaning culture said that these heroes were bad guys. As an image, to me, it does smack of a bygone era of slavery, aided by reports of people being beaten, whether with a riding crop or the reins, most likely. What we have seen was cruel, inhumane, and a violation of domestic laws and international laws. We saw horrifying footage emerging uh, of mounted patrol people trying to corral Haitian immigrants. I think um, the reason that we're not seeing more help, if I'm going to be frank about it, is because they're Haitian. One cannot weaponize a horse. Uh, to aggressively attack a child, that is unacceptable. That is not what our policies and our training require. You can weaponize the fake news, though. Wow. Uh, didn't they take two seconds to actually watch it? I mean, really watch it. I did. And you know what? Not only um, were they doing their job, but they were doing it well. Nobody was harmed. This is the Border Patrol protecting the border. And they're doing it on horseback. Nothing wrong with that. All right, something else that's bothering me a lot. I know there are people out there who like to smoke weed. I am not one of them. Uh, you know, we don't drink in public. There are uh, rules against that. You don't drink in public. But some people think that now that they're legalizing pot, you can smoke it anywhere you want, and it's happening all over the place. Now, here in New York City, about seven years ago, everybody received a horrible message, not only from the mayor, but from the police commissioner, held up a great big bag of pot and said, this is how much you can carry in New York City. People are like, okay. <laughs> it started to change the culture of this town. Everywhere you go, you can smell it in the air. You know, New York for the most part, over the past 50 years, we've had some great people who have served as mayor. Mike Bloomberg. Uh, yeah, I know he went a little crazy when he ran for president, but he ran this city very well as a Republican uh, for most of his 12 years in office. Before him, Rudy Giuliani, a superstar U.S. attorney. Both Giuliani and Bloomberg had achieved so much uh, before they became mayor. They were worthy of the job. Well, now we got a guy who's the next mayor. His name is Eric Adams, and he's a real mediocrity. He's never had a, a job of consequence. He's not worthy of uh, being the mayor of the city of New York. A guy who gets up and says this, he was a state senator for a while, a job that if you want one, you can become one. It's not a big deal here in New York. Uh, this is what he did when it came time to vote for, do we give, do we give ourselves a pay raise? Watch. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. We deserve more money. We deserve to be paid for the job we're doing. Senator Adams, I believe you've made your point. In the two minutes, how do you vote? I deserve a raise. A real profile and courage, right? Well, now he is the mayor-elect of New York City. The only three in 10 Democrats voted for him in a primary, but because of this weird system, they actually made him the nominee based on his getting three votes in 10 in one Democrat primary. So what kind of mayor is he going to be? He was on the Colbert show uh, last night and gave him a little present. One of my best gifts, as you know, marijuana is legal. I have raw. I did not know. I have raw. I am not aware, Mr. Mayor. I'm not into that scene. I have bamboo. Oh, you know, big. 
and I can't give you this gift. I'll give it to you later, you know? <laughs> Isn't that cute? They're going to smoke pot after the show, the incoming mayor of the city of New York, a city which is being gripped by a crime wave and a drug craze. Um, they say that marijuana is a gateway drug. It can be. I happen to believe that. The last thing we need is a pothead running New York. All right. Also this. Who's the Do you want your house back? Take it. January 6th, um, the Horns guy is going to jail for 41 months. Jacob Chansley, remember him? He got 41 months today. You know, he didn't break anything and he didn't hurt anybody. Did he make a jerk out of himself? Yes. Uh, but he was actually quite courteous to the authorities. I saw it. We're going to be heard. Everybody, this must be peaceful. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. All right. I saw this video. I didn't see him breaking anything. And strangely enough, there was a moment when he is talking to the cops and the cops seem to be showing him the directions into the Senate chamber. And then a moment later, he walks into the Senate chamber with a cop following him. And then he goes to the actual podium uh, and stands there. It looks to me, quite frankly, like the cops let him anyway. You got 41 months, 41 months. That's a, that's a long time. I'll be talking to his mother next. Stay with us. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. There he is. We've been calling him the horns guy, but his name is Jacob Chansley. Some people thought he was like the face of January 6th. He was sentenced today to 41 months in federal prison. That is a steep, steep sentence. Quite frankly, you know how I feel. I have a lot of sympathy for him. I didn't see him break anything. I didn't see him hurt anybody. Here he is in custody without the makeup on. Jacob Chansley is his name. And he's going to jail. He's already been in jail. He's going to prison. We are joined now by his mother. And I want to show you a picture first of Jacob and his mom. There they are. And uh, Martha Chansley joins us right now. She's in Arizona. Uh, Ma'am, welcome to uh, Newsmax. How are you? I am hanging in there. I've seen better days, as I'm sure Jake has. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's difficult. Difficult indeed. So your thoughts overall, look, I I think he's being treated very fairly. You know the case better than I do. Did he break anything or did he hurt anybody? I've seen no evidence of that. None. Nothing. No, he did not. He walked in and he walked through the halls. You know, he he was loud. Um, He had... Uh, some chanting that he did and, and a prayer. But no, he did not break anything. As a matter of fact, he uh, kept people from stealing and kept people from vandalizing. You know, at one point, at one point, it looked like he was being escorted into the Senate 
by one of those cops. Uh, he's cooperating. He says, uh, you know, they'll, they'll hear us and we're allowed to speak. I think you see the picture right there a moment ago. He's outside the Senate and then he walks in with one of those guys following him. Do you feel like in any way that this might have been facilitated uh, by elements of the government? Yes, I do. I, I think that there is uh, there's there's a lot of unanswered questions. That's how I would put that. A lot of unanswered questions that need to be answered. And, you know, a young man who went in and Jacob, who went in there, and just because he is dressed the way he is, that is his that is his shaman attire. That's how he dresses as a shaman. Well, look, and it's a, that's what he practices. So it's like so him being targeted um, and having to be the the example. It is a free country. You can dress however you want. And I have I share your concerns about the complicity or, or something. Uh, something that we don't understand. And there's so much of this uh, we don't understand and haven't been told, I believe. Look, I want to show a picture of uh, your son in custody. We've had reports that he was not doing well. Uh, he was suffering. Uh, the diet was really tough on him. Uh, I heard he was in solitary confinement for a bit. A couple of things. Number one, when's the last time you talked to him? And uh, what do you know about his treatment? I spoke with him just a little bit ago. As far as his treatment, I, I feel really grateful that um, he was in the detention center that he was and that he had been moved from D.C. to Virginia. I was, I was very pleased about that, and that was diet-related um, because as a shaman, you know, he's eating a pure diet, Organic food is um, probably is the more pure of the foods that we can consume. I understand. Martha, forgive me. I, I'm running out of time. I do want to get two more. Is he, um, I heard that he, he, he expressed contrition to the judge and he feels guilt. Can you comment on that? And, uh, and then I just want to find out what kind of guy he was growing up. But first, does he have regrets? Oh, absolutely. He, if if Jacob had known that what he did was going to put him where he is at, he never would have gone in there because that's not how Jake is. You know, I must say that I, I'm really proud of Jacob in, in how he handled himself in the courtroom today. He's a magnificent individual. And I really hope and pray to God that people saw and heard God coming through him because he, well, he did take responsibility for the obstruction of a, uh, an official proceeding. He did, he, he did go through open doors and was escorted into the Senate. So anyway, um, it's very, very hard to, to deal with all that. Listen, ma'am, we've seen people obstruct hearings all the time. I saw it last week. I, 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 
there, it's a, it happens all the time. Not to this extent, granted, but uh, hopefully we'll get all the answers. Um, I'm not going to stop asking the questions. Martha Chansley, do me a favor. Let's stay in touch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry your son went through this. I don't think he deserved 41 months in jail, 51 months in jail. Uh, no, absolutely. He may, I may, may, maybe made some mistakes that day, but you mentioned uh, I heard decency in his voice. I really did when he the way he was talking to those cops. So uh, to be continued, ma'am, and um, hang in there. Thank you for having me. You bet. All the best. We'll be right back. So two days, no verdict in the Rittenhouse uh, matter. What does this mean? Uh, what does it mean? To me, it was an open and shut case, not guilty, but I'm not in the room. Let's bring in Judge Andrew Napolitano, former New Jersey Superior Court judge and longtime legal commentator. Judge, welcome back. Also, Curtis Hauk, managing editor at Newsbusters. Uh, welcome, both gentlemen. Uh, judge Napolitano, welcome to Newsmax, first of all. And uh, what are your thoughts overall? I thought it would be done already. What do you think? Well, uh, Greg, it's a pleasure to be here, and thanks for having me on. I thought it would be over by now as well. However, under Wisconsin law, and actually most states' laws, the defendant can be convicted of something for which he hasn't been charged. So he was charged with first-degree murder, but if the jury finds that there are lesser-included offenses like second-degree murder or, or criminally negligent homicide, it can convict him of that. As a result of the judge allowing these lesser included charges in, the verdict sheet goes from one page to ten, page, ten pages, and the scrutiny required of the, of the juries, uh, jurors is much more intense. It also permits, much to the defense's chagrin, a compromise verdict. Look, I agree with you. There's no way he should be convicted of first-degree murder, which is planned, plotted, intentional killing. But to allow the lesser included offenses will let, will let the jurors compromise on a lesser offense. That's bad news for the defense. I'm surprised it's taking them two days. What about the um, mistrial with prejudice and that video that was not submitted to the defense? I've never heard that term before, a mistrial with prejudice. When the jury has the case, is that, tell us what it is, first of all, and is it still possible? So if the, if the government does something that it violates a court order or prejudices the jury against the defendant, as they did here, the, the judge will declare a mistrial, which basically means the defendant gets another trial and you start all over with another jury. But a mistrial with prejudice means that the case is thrown out forever and the defendant can never be tried because the state should be punished because of its outrageous behavior in the courtroom. Most judges would have dismissed the case right then and there for showing a tape to the jury that the judge had expressly uh, excluded. So, Curtis, I know the media, they've already convicted this guy. They want this guy convicted. Uh, what is the reaction going? I feel like they have a role, by the way. If there are riots, and it seems like one way or the other there might be, they have a role. They did not adequately explain this case. There are still people out there who think the people he shot are black, where the three people he shot are actually white. And that's on the media, I think. Yeah, it's not surprising, considering, you know, people still think that 
Darren Wilson killed Michael Brown with his hands up. There are people that still believe all the lies about the Baltimore police officers. You go down the list. This case really has everything, Greg, in terms of media malpractice. You know, they're claiming that coverage of the trial is too conservative. It shows immediate ignorance on guns. It doesn't take humor very well from the judge. Uh, you talk about the media angle. Nick Sandman wrote a piece yesterday in the Daily Mail that advocates that he thinks if he wants to go down this route of suing media companies afterward, if he's willing to put in the exhaustion there and having his life tied up in that, then maybe he should go for it. There's no lowering of the temperature with these people to address your point about riots. They're, they're not doing that because they live for that kind of stuff. They love and seek division in this country where if you're not with them, you're not just a bad person, but you're somehow kind of the subhuman white nationalist terrorist person right. that it's it's awful. And uh, Joy Reid, by the way, she we all know. Uh, well, I know about her. I believe personally she's a bigot and a racist. She said this on a TikTok after her show, I believe, last night. Take a look. In America, there's a thing about both white vigilantism and white tears, particularly male white tears. Really white tears in general, because that's what Karen's are, right? They Karen out, and then as soon as they get caught, it's like, green <laughs> waterworks. You know, I mean, the Karening, the, the anti-white feeling that she exudes. Uh, I want to show you guys, though, a statement from Conde, Cesar Conde. He is the chairman of NBC Universal. A year ago, he made it clear that we aspire to achieve two concrete goals, that 50 percent of our news organization employees be women and 50 percent of our total workforce be people of color. By the way, my theory is that this guy is giving her the corporate cover to say these outrageous things. But judge, if I'm a white person working at NBC Universal and I know the boss feels this way, I'm a little uneasy. How do you feel about such an edict in terms of its, well, its legality? All right, so there, there's two issues here. One is what she said on air will gin up the rioters or potential rioters outside the courthouse and the jury must disregard that because the jury must render a verdict based on the evidence in the case, not based upon the commotion outside the courthouse. In terms of, uh, of NBC, look, there are statutes that prohibit making decisions based on race and gender in hiring, and he probably should consult the lawyers in his HR department before he makes a statement like that. All right. Uh we have to leave it there. Judge Andrew Napolitano, great to see you. Curtis Hauk, to be continued for sure. Managing editor at Newsbusters. Thank you, gentlemen, very much. I'll be right back. Information. Truth. Is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. All right, we're out of time. Uh, thank you very much. Stinchfield is next, and uh, we appreciate your support. We're doing things we're proud of here. Thank you. Have a good night.